Mini episode 1081 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge review of Better Call Saul Season 4. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with our top five points of interest for the season. Number five, Gus. The only fully formed character in the Better Call Saul universe got a taste of the full revenge that he would experience years later at Don Eladio's pool, trapping Hector in his shell of a body. The chicken man was initially terrified that Nacho had done what Mike almost did, denying him revenge on Hector, until he accidentally realized that his efforts to save his enemy for future revenge could achieve immediate revenge by freezing him in a very, very primitive state of recovery. Top it off with learning how Hector got his bell as a memento from an earlier crime, and the entire backstory between these two has now been filled in. It still would be great to see flashbacks of Gus's time in Chile, or the aftermath of the other Hermanos brother being shot, though. Number four, although he had to risk his life to do it, Nacho surfed the chaos in the Salamanca clan all the way to the captain's chair until Lalo came along to put it all at risk. Lalo doesn't appear to suspect that anything is amiss with Nacho, but the younger man is still shaken simply by the fact that he now has supervision, while at the same time he is beholden to Gus. And after the chaos that Lalo injected into the hunt for Werner, Gus is really going to want the new Salamanca boss dealt with decisively. In other words, Gus is really screwed. Number three. In a season in which Kim grew exponentially professionally and grew away from a colder Jimmy, her late-season warm-up to him will be what ultimately breaks her heart. Throughout most of the season, it seemed that Kim was coming to terms with the reality that Jimmy had lost most of his soul through the trauma of everything that happened with Chuck. And then, the part of her that enjoys mixing it up with Jimmy was activated by the scam that they pulled to free Huel, and despite the fact that deep down she really knew better, she allowed herself to believe in Jimmy and fully reconciled with him. The horrified look on her face when Jimmy announced plans to practice law as Saul provided a glimpse into her future, one in which Jimmy slash Saul makes her regret the day that she met him. Number two, the saga of Werner and the Super Lab transformed Mike from a shady guy who didn't mind going after fellow criminals to a killer who could shed innocent blood. The Mike of Breaking Bad was an even darker character than the one that we'd seen thus far in this prequel. There had to be something that happened to cause him to alter his approach to life further. And it turns out that the thing that did it was actually tied up in the origin story of the Super Lab. All along we were fed a mischievous red herring about the headstrong young fellow working demolition on the project. But in the end it was Werner, the gentle engineer who bonded with Mike over their shared German heritage and commitment to hard work, who would find himself at the business end of the cleaner's gun. And so at this point, we are left with the completely hardened Mike that we first came to know, who doesn't care about anyone or anything except his daughter-in-law, his granddaughter, and his ruthless commitment to his job. Number one, Jimmy's season of internalizing the critique from Chuck about the inescapability of being seen as a bad guy and embracing it accordingly will break what's left of his heart when he drives away Kim as Saul Goodman. 
Part of Jimmy's complex mental picture includes an absolute conviction on a subconscious level that Kim is too good for him. As such, without really meaning to, he is pushing her away as he goes down the path, now apparently fully completed, of becoming Saul Goodman. At the same time, he is aware that she finds some of his shadiness attractive, up to a point, which he revealed in his late-season fit of anger about how she sees him. Yes, her signals are a bit mixed, but she's never conveyed anything that would indicate that she'd be less attracted to him if he walked the straight and narrow. In the end, his deep-down realization that she is too good to be with the kind of man that stops fighting his dark impulses is likely to prove a self-fulfilling prophecy, as he is likely to drive her away. The Saul Goodman that we knew from Breaking Bad didn't seem to have a soul, but the prequel has been quite a revelation, as we've seen just how much he has to lose, and likely will lose, from a personal perspective. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio. Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 